are tuned in to The Keetra Show and listening to SOB, Style of Business, the podcast with your host, Keetra. We aim to highlight the ongoing trek of entrepreneurs and business owners from around the globe, featuring stories that recount their struggles, experiences, and inevitable road to success and self-fulfillment. Welcome to SOB. This podcast is being brought to you by my inspiring new book titled Courage is a Muscle, Using Heart to Power Your Entrepreneurial Dreams. You can grab your copy today on Amazon. Hey, what's up, y'all? Thanks so much for tuning in and checking out another hot episode of SOB Style of Business, the podcast. This is your host, Keetra. And today we have another wonderful guest that is joining with us and talking to us about some wonderful things like remote work, which is extremely interesting. Um, considering today's climate and also co-working, you know, entrepreneurship, creativity, all those wonderful things. I'm talking to Alondo Brewington. Alondo is an independent software mobile app developer. And he's also a, I mean, this guy's a world traveler. I call him, he's like a jet setter, right? <laughs> he's been to 38 countries and counting and he's just doing some wonderful things. And they're, um, you know, I guess you could say like a, a digital nomad type deal, but We'll let him drop that intro and learn a little bit more about his background, and we'll keep the ball rolling from there. So, Alondo, how are you doing? How's everything going? I am doing really well. Thank you, Keisha, for inviting me on. Uh, I am Alondo Brewington. I go by the Coco Nomad on all of the uh, social medias on YouTube and, and IG and things like that. I am a location-independent software dev, and I've started coaching other people on remote work. Uh, it is a passion of mine. I've been working remotely for the last 11 years, the last six of which I've been doing internationally. Uh, and in that time, I've traveled to uh, 38 countries and uh, really enjoyed it. And so uh, that's my passion. I really am uh, passionate about traveling, meeting people, uh, and helping people get better at work. As you mentioned, remote work is on the rise. Uh, last year, we saw a lot of people be thrust into remote work, whether they wanted to be or not. Yeah. And it comes with some challenges. And so I think it's important to talk about those things and help people. And that's one of the entrepreneurial efforts that I've launched this past year is just coaching and helping people get better and, and bring their best selves and balance to their work. Because you, you have to be careful and not let work encroach upon the other parts of your life. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you, you definitely uh, are right on point with that. I mean, especially with the remote work, you know, you, you're, you're here at home or your home office, wherever you're doing your work. And then you if you have a family or maybe a roommate, just figuring out a way to navigate that. I, I know that that's like a, a big hang up for a lot of people. So we're excited to be talking to you about that and definitely learning more of your about your experience. And I want to start with, I know this is a passion of yours, but like what spurred, you know, like the, Hey, the moment to where you were like, Hey, I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be remote. I'm not going to be going back into the office. So uh, I have to give a shout out to my seventh grade homeroom teacher, Mrs. Addis Flugel, who is uh, from Argentina. Okay, good deal. <laughs> she, uh, she put the bug in me very early on and um, it just got me thinking about Spain. So it started years ago. I spent a few months working remotely in Spain all the way back in 2002. So it was my first taste of it. And I really liked it, but I couldn't figure out how I could keep doing it. So it ended up being just a short-term thing. Fast forward about uh, seven years later, I got my first remote job. I was doing some contract work in Atlanta, which is where I'm from. Yeah. And they started letting people work from home. And I was like, oh, this is great. 
And uh, they changed the policy, but I ended up starting to look and find other jobs that let me work remotely. And I just started taking that and running with it. I worked for a company that was completely remote. And then fast forward to 2015, I looked at this program to travel around the world. So I was like, here's a chance to get back out there and see the world again. And I started traveling in January of 2016, and I haven't looked back. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so, like, I'm assuming that you had a pretty good experience you know, to, to be able to turn this into like a career and then later to develop a passion for it. Yeah, it's been great. I mean, it's, it's not without challenges. You, you learn a lot about yourself. You learn uh, a lot about what you like and don't like. And I think that's one of the benefits, actually, is going through those challenges. Uh, it was fun and it's been fun. And I've just decided that this is the life that I like and this is what I want to do. So I've just continued to do that. Yeah, that's that's perfect. And as far as like you know, the travel in itself, did you, did you like have an idea of like the different countries that you wanted to work in? Or was it more so that you just kind of wanted the the experience? Like, you know what I mean? Like sometimes we set out with a vision of like, Hey, I want to go to Costa Rica or maybe I want to, you know, work in Spain or, you know, Paris for a couple of months. Like what was your, did you have like a vision? So it was aided. So I did have an idea of where I wanted to go, but it was based on some internet research. And I kind of figured like Bali was the place to go and then Chiang Mai, Thailand. So that's all I had. But then I joined a travel program and we did 12 months in 12 different countries around the around the world. And so that actually exposed me to places I never imagined I would ever go. I never thought I would go to Uruguay. I never thought I'd be in Peru or Bolivia um, in Cambodia. Like I never thought I would visit Cambodia. And so it really helped to expand like my notion of like where I could go and that where I could work from and ex- new experiences. So it was a, a balance. So I, I left out with a, a big idea because they had Thailand on the itinerary and I didn't want to do it alone. I wanted to travel with other people because I'd done the solo backpacking through Europe. I'd done that the yeah. trip to Spain and Portugal by myself. And I wanted a shared experience because like there's for me, there was nothing worse than coming back home, showing pictures and everybody just gives you a blank stare <laughs> right. for the second photo. Yeah. They're just like, I don't get it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I, I know that can probably be like a little bit intimidating. And, you know, sometimes, you know, things that we enjoy are not for everybody. So as far as like the the concept of remote work, you know, maybe probably 10 years ago, maybe less than uh, maybe less than that. You know, remote work was something that people laughed at. Right. <laughs> you remember like when it yes. was people talked about, oh, yeah, I'm working from home. And it was like this luxurious um milestone or like, you know, desire for a lot of us who were, you know, maybe working in an office or, you know, just kind of stuck in positions that we wish we could kind of take elsewhere and and to be able to travel and do other things with our families. But like, you know, I guess, you know, when it's for you. So like, are there some things that helped you to decide, you know, that this was a lifestyle for you? Like, who is this not for? I guess that's what I'm getting at. So I would definitely say uh, I always say in two things, two things that you need to really have control of uh, if you are going to live this life. Uh, you need to be able to mastery of your cash flow and your workflow. Now, most people know what we're talking about. When we talk about cash flow. And if we're talking about being an entrepreneur, you definitely need to understand that. Yeah. But then most people don't think about workflow. And in my mind, I think a workflow is managing three things your time, your energy, and your attention. And you really need to have control and mastery of that, which is a lot of self-mastery if we're being honest, right? You've got to have the discipline. You've got to be, you've got to be able to plan and you have to set boundaries. You've got to set boundaries on your time. You've got to set boundaries on your energy and you've got to set boundaries on your attention and you got to make yourself 
and others respect those things. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. And I, I love that you mentioned those because, yeah, I'm I'm a huge um, advocate of, of definitely preserving your energy. But just like you said, you got to make sure that when you do have clients and that is a, a part of your livelihood, you got to do the work. You know, it's just it's, yeah. it's doing the work. So how are you like what are some things that you employ to help you manage or just kind of make sure that you're bringing in X amount of clients so that you can sustain that lifestyle? Because maybe like if you're traveling from place to place, it may be more expensive then you know okay yeah so one of the things that i do is i definitely plan my travels to kind of balance out my expenses and definitely spending more this year so just full disclosure my travel budget definitely went higher this year than last year last year was easy though because i was basically stuck in Colombia. i had gone to medellin to spend like a month or two there And then the lockdown started and I just decided like there were only two or three places in the world I wanted to be locked down in. And uh, one was one was Colombia, one was Mexico and the other was Spain. And I didn't think I could get to Spain and Mexico looked like they were not taking uh, the situation seriously enough for me. And so I just decided to stay put, which ended up saving me a lot of money, uh, actually ended up working out. So um, but now things have opened up a little bit. So I'm back in Mexico right now. I was in Guatemala uh, for two months uh, a few weeks ago. And I'll be doing a bit more traveling uh, to close out the year, sort of, you know, one month, one to three months at a time is basically. But in order to do this, I would say this. You really want to plan your week. I'm big on planning the week. Mm. And then in the day, you want to set time blocks. So if you're familiar with the Pomodoro method, which is basically like a time boxing method where you give yourself 25 minutes to work on a task in a five minute break. I do a lot of that. And then I block the days for certain work that I'm going to do. And I even have designated days. So I like, for instance, this past year, I launched a, I really got into YouTube and started making uh, videos in addition to my podcast. And so I have content creation days. They're just designated where I just sit down and do a batch of recordings for the podcast and for the channel. I do my editing and everything like that so I can upload. Uh, so sort of making sure that I have designated client days. Like it's like a days where I have meetings and I'm only focused on a particular client so they get they get that time, energy, and attention that they have brought me on board to, you know, to provide. Wow. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And that, and I, I can imagine that does wonders for your productivity, right? Cause you're not, your brain's not scattered with all of these little sticky notes of trying to do everything at once. Absolutely. And then the, the final thing that I do, I have a process that I've learned in my software development career. Uh, we do a lot of retrospectives. So it's basically a review. If you go back and review and I have a framework of questions that I ask myself. And, um, and, and in fact, I share them on my YouTube channel. I actually share my weekly sort of retrospective and I go through all of the questions and I apply it to every aspect of my life. And so I share that as well so that you can follow along and manage your own expectations and make adjustments because I mean the best laid plans don't always work I mean you know I had plans to be in East Africa I was going to be traveling Rwanda and Tanzania and you know Uganda and all these places last year and those were planned trips and yet we saw what happened so (laughs) right you're not going anywhere right exactly right that's crazy like so but like it's the, one of the things that I that I noticed when I was kind of just reading through your background was the fact that, you know, being it just seems like more most um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this is just my observation. When you're doing something that's more creative, like the, the uh, design, the digital work, uh, the, the software development, like those are careers that are 
it's easier to move around, right? You know what I mean? And then you have stuff that, you know, requires you to, um, oh my gosh, you can't move around. You know, it's like, okay, if you're, you're a, a dog walker, you know, obviously you can't move around, but how can you take those types of positions that don't allow you to be as mobile because you do have like certain restrictions, uh, you know, that, that require you to be on site, you know, physical locations, but maybe you wanted to parlay that into a, a career that is, that allows you to do the remote uh, travel. Right. But yes, like give us some suggestions. You know what I'm asking? Like I'm having a, I'm trying to figure out how to best uh, get it out. But when you have like a, a certain field that you're in, I'm going to try mm-hmm. to let me try this again. <laughs> let, okay. So you have a certain field that you're in, a, a certain career that you, that you are involved with and you want to parlay that into the remote lifestyle. How do you do that? You know what I mean? Like if you're a dog walker, for example. So I, I think this is an excellent, excellent question. And it's one of those things is super appropriate for your podcast because this is about entrepreneurship. And this is one of the things that I think that I've had to learn the hard way over many years of being uh, self-employed. And, 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 and I think a lot of people go through this. You've got to start moving out of the place where you're simply trading your time for money. And a lot of times that that is what's locking you into that physical location. What you've amassed in whatever field you're in is expertise. Mm. So what you're going to find is a lot of times people don't need you to be the implementer. What they need is your consultation. Wow. So when you are trying to think about ways that you can do this, what you want to do at this point is think about ways you can leverage all of this knowledge and expertise and experience that you've built up from all the work that you've done and how you can help other people. And it can take multiple forms. For instance, um, even though I'm a software developer, I don't always just code for people. Uh, One example of, uh, I know someone who has a startup and it's a travel startup and she had employed a team of people to build her site for her, but she wasn't sure if she was getting a good deal or not based on the proposal that they submitted. So one of the services that I offered is just reviewing their technical proposal because I speak that language. So essentially I'm a technical translator. Oh wow! So I'm reviewing the proposal. I'm giving her advice on what she, she should be expecting and also what other questions she should be asking of, the, of them to make sure she's going to get what she's expecting. And so uh, that's part of it. The other thing is, in my experience, I had my mind blown by the kinds of jobs that I didn't think you could do remotely in the same vein when I was traveling. I traveled. I've traveled with a couple of nurses. I've traveled with a few lawyers. um, And I did not imagine it was possible. But some of the things that we traditionally think are, you know, office based. And the tradition of that work is office-based. Like, I come from a family of lawyers. I've worked for a couple of law firms, my uncle's firm, and then a very, very large law firm. Um, and they're all rooted in these old practices. Yeah. And But these things can be done digitally. People are sending medical records and files across the wire. When I first did that trip to Spain, I was actually still doing reporting for a hospital in Georgia and just sending their reports uh, via email. Now I'm dating myself. Um, yeah. back, right. back. And, uh, and, uh, I always jokingly tell people, it's like, I used to go to an internet cafe 
<laughs> to, uh, if you remember those things, uh, to send that uh, information back. So what I'm encouraging listeners to do is look for ways that you can leverage your expertise and use the new tools to provide value to provide these services to people and move out of just implementation to more consultation. And there's two benefits. One, you're not trading your time for money. And the kicker is it typically pays better. Typically pays better. Now, when you say resources, because I I just heard you mention that, give us an example, um, just to be crystal clear when you say, you know, utilize the resources that you have, because there's a lot of people that are still, I I don't know, I I, I agree with you. It's it's the traditional, you know, oh, you got to be in the office so that, somebody can delegate or watch you, you know, that, that sort of thing. But when you say resources in, it, in, in order to live this sort of remote lifestyle, what, are, what specifically are you talking about? Okay. So the biggest one, of course, is the one that we're on right now, and that's the internet. Yeah. So yeah. you're on Skype. We have the ability to communicate. We can see each other if we want to, which we, you know, we can turn cameras on. Yeah. So we can still maintain a human connection. And one of the big things that you want to do in any business relationship, whether you're in the office or not, is establish trust. Because that's what the worry is when they can't see you. Yeah. They're like, well, if I can't see you, I don't know what you're doing. And that's just one of those sort of uh, uh, properties or like, you know, this is one of the characteristics of office work. People are used to being able to see someone sitting at their desk, right? Exactly. And if I, yeah. And the assumption is if you're sitting at your desk, you're working, and we all know that's not true. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm on here playing you know? Candy Crush, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. I used to work with a guy when I was a contractor, and every time I passed by his desk, his he, he had his Facebook, his Facebook wall was just up. I'm like, this guy's on Facebook all day. So, but oh, he sent me this desk, and he, he, he showed up early, and he left late. So it's like, oh, he must be working. We have to start learning to, as just a society, to change the way we view what work is and start to look at the outputs. What, what's, what are we getting? Yeah. Because what we find is a lot of this can be done in a lot less time and the value is still there. But the tools, going back to the tools. So you've got the Internet. We have tools like Skype or Google Hangouts or Zoom or Slack. And we can communicate. We can we can have a constant communication. And again, we got to maintain boundaries, though. We don't want this to bleed over so that we're always online yeah. and it's, it's impacting our, our the value of our lives. But we need to leverage those tools to allow us to not have to be physically present. I spent years inside of an office working in a cubicle and never talked to anyone. So I'd ask the question, what was the value of me being physically in the office? No one came to talk to me. Everything was still done through phone calls and emails. I just happened to be sitting in this like four by four, you know, padded little cubicle. Yeah. So we just have to unlearn some of those things and understand. But if you are trying to make the transition, it is still difficult. And one of the things that you have to do is establish that trust. You have to be able to show that you can work. Um, you can be self-directed. You have to be self-directed that you can deliver on the things that you say you can deliver on. So one of the things we always talk about in software is under promise and over deliver. Don't overcommit to things because once you start overcommitting and you don't deliver, you already start eroding trust and people get they don't they don't they're not going to feel comfortable with you being, you know, miles and miles away where they can't put their hands on you. You know, exactly. Yeah, it creates a, a great divide. I already know. I can, imagine, I can imagine it's not a, a not a good path. Um, so and I know that you also help, you know, newbies get accustomed uh, to remote work and, you know, just navigating the different co-working spaces. Like, do you ever like 
have you ever had the experience to where, you know, you're walking into a brand new country that you haven't, you know, you, you haven't previously been or whatever. And so it's like, how do you, how do you get aside from the nervousness or like just the, are you ever afraid or fearful? You know, maybe you thought that, okay, yeah, I want to go try to go to this country. And then when you finally land and you, you know, you start navigating the local area, not knowing the language, like how do you navigate that? It sounds just so strange to me. Okay, yeah. So here's a couple of things that I, I definitely love sharing about this because I, I had the same notions when I first started traveling. And what I found was this. One, I've never been in a country where I haven't been able to get by, even though I didn't speak the language. And that's for two reasons. One is a lot of communication is nonverbal. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, I walked to a drugstore in Prague the first time I was in the Czech Republic. I needed toothpaste. And all I did was I walked in. I got the lady's attention. She's looking at me. I put I, I, I put my smile up like, you know, brushing my teeth. I took one finger and just started making the brushing motion. And immediately she was just like, oh, yeah, I know you. Right. I know you. You know, I grabbed my stomach or patted my head and tilt my head to the side like pain and gotten like medicine. So as human beings, we, we are fundamentally we, we do a lot of communication nonverbally. Yeah. Um, and then the second thing is English is if you speak English, you're a native English speaker or you speak English, you do have an advantage. You have a privilege that a lot of people don't have. And that is this English is the default language for business mm-hmm. around the world. It is also the default language, which I learned in Czech Republic for air traffic control. My buddy, a friend of mine actually uh, got a license to fly in Europe and we get up in the plane. I actually got a chance to fly the plane, too. But um, all of the air traffic control is in English, which blew my mind. He's like, yeah, it's around the world. So a lot of the language spoken, pop culture, these kinds of things are all in English. You have a bit of an advantage. I, you know, speaking the local language definitely helps. So that that's one thing that reduced the fear. And the other one is big. I always prep. I prep in a number of ways. Like I do a bit of research before I touch down in another location. And one of the things that I do as part of my consulting is help people do that prep to get ready, plan ahead. Like, I very rarely just drop into a country. Now, I'm more prone to do it now because I feel super comfortable. And I've learned just a lot of like, like this. I don't care what airport you drop me in the world. I'm I'm okay. Because like, there's only so many ways that things are designed for human beings, right? There's only so many ways you're going to lay out a city. There's only so many ways an airport is going to be laid out. You know, you start to learn the similarities when you start to see it. You start to see like, oh, okay. You know, I know there's going to be a food place around here. I know there's going to be, there's usually a church and a government building at the center of town. You know, these kinds of things. No matter how small, you know. So, you, you, you get more comfortable over time, but plain is definitely the way to go to feel to get over that fear to move past and feel comfortable and then you start researching places to live places that you can work from Um, I'm big on that like I compile lists of places to work from and like I like to have backups because I mean people are depending on me to do work so I want to make sure I have backups for my data, you know, connecting on the internet, because that's what I have to have. Backups for electricity is like, okay, if the power goes out, and it does, yeah. where else can I go? Oh, wow. Yeah. And like, so with the power, like, do you, I guess, like, yeah, how, how are you, how are you navigating when it comes to things like power outages? So for instance, it, it's happened here a few times. I'm currently in Playa del Carmen, Mexico. And so basically, the power typically never goes out across the entire city. Um, so it's like there's zones 
And uh, I find this even in the States. Like I used to live in Atlanta and I lived in North Carolina. It's like even in those places, like the power typically is never out everywhere. So it's just like, okay, if, if the power goes out here, how quickly can I get to another zone or neighborhood to where there's probably at least a cafe or a place with some internet and electricity that I can use for, you know, if I've got a, a call or I've got something that's a deadline. If not, of course, I'm just going to wait it out. But normally... It's just an emergency backup. And then I've also got, you know, backup battery I travel with little small ones. You know, they don't they're not going to keep me going for a long time, but long enough. If I have something that's really fast that I need to do, I've got the power backup. And then I've got like my uh, data on my mobile phone. I use I typically get mobile local mobile. But a lot of people use Google Fi around the world. I, I, I'm a local SIM card guy. I just pop a new SIM okay. card in. <laughs> right. Yeah. And just go. So those are ways I like to kind of make sure that I'm I'm good to go no matter where I am. Yeah, I mean, you've, you've kind of taken the edge off of the whole, you know, there's one thing when we say, hey, we want to be remote, or, you know, working wherever we want within the 50 states. But then when you're talking about picking up going to a whole different country that has, uh, you know, little little notions and all types of thoughts that, that come up. But you have definitely helped to ease that a little bit. And I... Before we get ready to close here in a few, I want to talk about your specific services because I know you also help uh, people get um, gain a footing when it comes to like remote work and just coaching them and letting them know like the first steps and how to best do it. So what are like give us uh, an overview of your services and what you offer in that regard. So basically, I do two things right now, two services. One is just a quick uh, discovery call. It's like it's good to know and it's free. We just know that if we if I'm the right person to work with you, like just to try to understand what your challenges are and what you're seeking. And, uh, you know, this is one of the things that's hold over for my uh programming consulting is just having a chat, meet over coffee, talk and see like, what are you, what are you challenged by? And if I'm a good person that can let you know. And then the second one, if you already are sure, I do a strategy call. It's like 90 minutes where we actually just dive in and just get to it. Like we get to like the challenges you have and working through them and, and getting solutions and strategies for you to move forward. I'm really big on giving pe- having people have the tools for themselves so that you're not depending on someone else. It's like my goal is like any coach, right? Like I used to coach a little league basketball. Like at the end of the season, those players should be better for having been on this team. They've acquired some new skills and they don't need me for that piece anymore. You know, it's like you've got that growth. You've got that confidence. I want to build confidence and competence. You feel more confident traveling. You feel more competent traveling, working remotely, and then you're good to go. Wow, that's perfect. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, it seems like it's been working out perfectly for you, you know, just kind of learning the ropes. And really, one of the things that I admire about the story that you told and you just kind of getting started with this is just taking the action, you know, just taking the steps uh, and following that through and just kind of learning as you go. So that is that's a huge plus as well. Um, Alondo, before we leave, I know you have a podcast. If you want to make sure that you, you share that, let us know where we can find you online. And also, um, if just somebody wants to reach out and, and get that initial consultation, please feel free to leave that. And then um, after that, I will ask you one more question and we'll get ready to close out. Okay. Well, I am the Coco Nomad, which is T H E C O C O A Nomad. On all the things. That's IG. That's the name of the podcast. That's the YouTube channel. So if you look at for the Coco Nomad, and there's two meanings. One is my skin complexion, and two is like it's part of the framework of the software development that I do. Uh, so if you want to, I have a calendar link that I'll drop 
that will link you to either being able to make a discovery call or if you're sure you want to just jump in and, and solve some problems and get going, the strategy call as well. And also, let me see, before we close, this is a question that I like to just ask everybody who, who visits. Um, words of encouragement for the listeners, anybody who's interested in remote work and just kind of taking that step and getting started. I, I think you touched on it. It's just like being able to move forward with confidence. You can do it. Like it's, it's a, we all have, you know, trepidation and fear when we're starting something new. I mean, it's just built in us from birth, but we also have curiosity. You know, I always liken it to being children starting to walk, yeah. you know, they fall down, you know, they, but they, 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 they're motivated. They're motivated to, because the world is open to them, you know, and they start to discover, Hey, I can move around this world. If I stand up, Take a few steps, you know, yeah. you know, maybe you have to scoot at the beginning, you know, yeah. as they do. Right. Uh, but then you, you work your way, you crawl and you walk and you get better and better and better. Preparation goes a long way to uh, mitigating a lot of the fears of the unknown, because most of this is just fear of the unknown. So if you if you do a bit of research and you start to uh, feel more comfortable, you, you, you feel more confident to make that step. And I encourage everybody to do that. All right. Perfect. Hey, you guys have heard it here first from. The Coco Nomad, also known as Alando Brewington. Alando, we certainly appreciate you taking the time. Hope you'll uh, be back soon, maybe from another country, you know, <laughs> before the year's up. Uh, we'd love to have you back. And um, thanks so much for being a guest. Thanks for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for hanging out with us here on SOB. We hope this episode has been resourceful. If you'd like to check out the latest articles or follow Keetra's website updates, just log on to Keetra.com or follow her on Twitter at K-E-E-T-R-I-A.